Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the show that it does not involve hearing sheep noises, which is good because I don't do a good sheep. Do you do a good sheep? I can't show them because, you know, we just promised no sheep noises. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> I do goats really well. I, Our neighbor in one of the places we used to live had goats. He was actually a... Uh, 4-H guy, and he raised goats, and his kids had state champion goats. And uh, yeah, I know goats really, 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 really well. I used to actually have to milk them when he was when they went on vacation. So and then yeah, find goats, the goats are, when the goats went on vacation. Yeah, I don't know how many how many times. There's this one goat. I, I don't know if I have I told the story of nuisance before. I think I have, but one goat named nuisance, and when a goat is named nuisance, that should be. All you need to know about this. That's above and beyond, because the species name pretty much could be Capricornus nuisance. Yeah, well, this guy was either a sauna, and that was his breed. He was all white. Beautiful goat. It was he goat, obviously. He was a billy. And uh, he was uh, put to stud, which he liked. <laughs> and But he was named nuisance because, you know, he would not stay... Goats consider fences mild suggestions. They considered electrical fences mild sparkly suggestions. <laughs> so, you know, it'd be like 6.30 a.m. And I'd hear clop, 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 clop over my head. And now nuisance is on the roof again. Our roof, not the neighbor's roof where he's supposed to live. So I'd have to get up, get out, get the ladder out, go up there, and shoo nuisance off the roof. Because he loved to walk around on the roof. And, of course, that's not really good for a roof to have a goat walking around on top of it all the time. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the show. Why are we talking about goats and sheep? Well, we're talking about goats and sheep because we have sheep out by the place. Not at the place, but by the place. Our, the our nearest like neighbor which he isn't right like on top of us or anything like that, but he, across the road, uh, uses sheep as lawnmowers, which is a lot better than the cattle that they used to keep out there. Not necessarily because the cattle were bad, but they did draw a lot of flies. And the sheep aren't as noisy either. No. Well, the cattle noise didn't bother me. Cattle mo mooing, lowing, the lowing of the cattle. That yeah, didn't really bother yeah, me. Just kind of loud. It was nice, though, because you could tell when a human was coming. Because the cattle knew when a human was coming, and they would change their move from random cattle noises to, ooh, is he bringing food? Is he bringing food? That's a particular cattle noise, which I will not imitate for you. You're welcome. The um, neighbor to the east of us has horses, but we don't hear that very much, because the wind mostly in, in Missouri, north Missouri certainly, tends to blow from the west. doesn't always, but generally it does. Eight days out of ten, it blows from the south-southwest, sometimes the northwest. In the summer, we like it when it blows from the northwest, because that means it's a cool breeze. But uh, it it does blow from the east from time to time, and then you can kind of hear the horses. But So why are we talking about the place? Because she spent uh, a weekend with Doc out at the place. That's right. A weekend at the place with her friend Doc. Yep. Who doing... is an actual physician. Who is an actual <laughs> physician, yes. We're just... And uh, Doc's dogs were with us, with her. I mm -hmm. actually, we just met in town and had Salty was working. For yeah, a I this worked weekend. all weekend, so we just met in town and had uh, 
dinner last night, but other than that, I didn't get to see Doc very much. The thing is, Doc brought her two dogs, a standard poodle and a miniature poodle. And they each have their own challenges, as big dogs and little dogs will. And it got me thinking about the uh, challenges of your pets in an emergency kind of situation. Do tell. One thing is that how welcome you will be at some places has a lot to do with whether or not you've got pets with you, and if you have them, what kind. For example, lots of uh, pet shelters, I understand, I am led to understand, will not accept unneutered, unspayed animals. Really? Because they I cause too much that. of a disruption. I did not know that. I'm... And certainly there are some that will not accept what they consider aggressive breeds. Well... Yeah. And more individuals who would not be happy having you hang out in their vicinity if you had an aggressive-looking breed. Although I don't, I didn't approve of it at the time, and I don't think it's right. The town we live in actually has a law against several breeds. You cannot own or keep a breed of a dog of that breed in town. I'm not even sure how that's constitutional, but. They didn't ask my opinion, and this is not something, not owning one of those breeds and not caring to own one of those breeds, that I am willing to go to the wall over. But say, for example, I do believe that pit bulls and Rottweilers are not allowed. I think those are the only two, but I'm not sure. They weasel worded it so they could include other particular animals if they so chose without having to prove they were pit bulls or Rottweilers. Yeah, that's, or any or any significant mix that appears to be. Yeah, yeah. So not so, words, we're not look, we're not saying it's right. We're just saying that's the way yeah, it is. Yeah, I I, would, I don't yeah. approve of that. I, I think that's wrong. Me neither. But that's the way it is. And Doc brought it up. She says she's never going to have an aggressive looking dog again because she ran into so much more trouble trying to travel. With a dog she had that kind of looked like a German Shepherd. I forget the uh, breed name. Kind of looked like a German Shepherd. She had a lot of trouble traveling with it. Yeah, even our neighbors who have, who well, have had a couple of different boxers. Um, these boxers were timid dogs. Boxers often are timid dogs. I mean, they're they're, they're, they're good the dogs. They're really yeah, good they're dogs. Nice dogs. They're nice they're dogs. They're very, very well-natured dogs. Um, theirs, I think, were a little too inbred. They didn't live all that long. It's true but, for a lot of boxers these days. But they're beautiful dogs. But they look aggressive. And, um, like, and if, uh, if Hope, they to Hope was the least aggressive probably... dog I think I've ever seen. Yes. She, she'd walk up to you and kind of go, Will you be nice to me? <laughs> you know? I will cringe if that makes you more likely to be nice to me. Yeah. Which, of course, we obviously don't. We're not into. We like these. Yeah. But that's uh, one thing to keep in mind. Another issue was we were talking about the difficulties of keeping the dogs from getting various infections. Because she suspects that both of them have Giardia. Well, I, I would and, not and at all be surprised and, at that. You would think they, that's very reasonable. Yeah. yeah, just try and keep a dog from ever drinking out of a ditch sometime when you're out and on the move with the dog. 
And you will see that trying to keep the dogs from getting infected is much more of a challenge than trying to keep a person from getting infected. They step in stuff and they lick their paws. So the whole fecal-oral route, which is a great way to transmit a large number of parasitic organisms... Some dogs eat poop. Is, yep. It's hard to stop. So but they do. Disease transmission is going to be more of a problem with the pets than it is with the people. And then again, you know, this is the first thing I asked, you know, when we had supper last night. First thing I asked her was, what are you doing, uh, how, how are you doing on the flea and tick thing? Because we have a lot of fleas and ticks. Well, not fleas. I don't think we have fleas because you know, we've I, never noticed fleas. Yeah, I mean, they don't and, and there's like our cabin is completely bare. I mean, it's all wood. There's not a place for a flea to live if it wanted to, and we don't have animals either. So, not well, out there, except the know. fox or groundhog or whatever it is. But they're not inside. Living. Yeah. So, but ticks certainly are all over the place. As as we yeah, we have lots of ticks. Yeah, we have lots of ticks. So, and she had t- she had she had collars on them, and she did some other things. I'm not going to talk about. Dogs and ticks. I had uh, warned her, though, and uh, this isn't her first time around the block, so she probably would have thought about it without me. But in case you have not spent a lot of time with your dogs in the outside wilds, uh, expect that. They are going to get heavily infested because those species of uh, parasites are pretty much born to love dogs and find dogs and latch on to dogs and be successful on dogs. Now, Doc's a country girl. She's lived in the country before, so she knows, you know, she knows country. This is not the first her first trip into the woods. But still, it's something you have to consider, especially as woods is infested with, with ticks as ours are. Because yeah, we really have a lot of ticks. We really do. Because we've got a lot of wildlife. Well, a lot of wildlife means a lot of ticks. Yep. So it's something to consider. It's also a thing to consider if there are opossums in the area you hang out with, you might not want to shoot them first because they basically eat their weight in ticks throughout the year. I mean, they are tick-destroying machines. Good to know. Now, one thing, I'm, can I jump just jump in here with topics sure. that came to, come to mind? Yeah. Is that all right? Okay, one thing that comes to my mind is... The dogs were apparently, I wasn't there, but the dogs were apparently having a blast. Because they don't, they're, you know, in the city, they just don't get to get out and run. Or if they do, it's in a dog park. They just don't get to get out and run. But out at the place, you know, they've got 30, 40, well, like uh, as much acreage as they want. Because not only do they have ours, but they, they've got surrounding forest. Now, ours is kind of fenced in, so we kind of want to keep them within our 30 plus minus acres. No, so we were trying to keep them within... Sight. 40 yards or so yeah, right. within sight and call but them back one. Here's the thing. These dogs didn't run off. You can't say that for a lot of dogs that are not used to being in open space. So if you're traveling with dogs in a uh, situation where you're bugging out, for example, or at least having to leave your area for a while, this is a problem for a lot of people. Their dogs run off and won't come back. And uh, if you're planning on going somewhere with your dog and dropping them off a leash for any reason, you need to have this worked out right now before you let that dog off that leash. Uh, for example, we were very careful to keep the dogs on the leash at night. 
because there's extremely high probability that there's going to be some fascinating small mammal, or a large mammal, could be a deer, close to the cabin. And as soon as you let them out into the yard and they almost stumble over, a, maybe it's a fox, maybe it's a, a, a groundhog, maybe yeah. it's a raccoon. Yeah. Even a good dog will just get so excited it forgets where it's supposed to be and chases off after that thing and can easily get lost. Now, be, to be clear, you took them inside the cabin at night, right? Yes. Yeah, I was thinking so. Because there are things that go bump at the night out of the place. Yeah. They go bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. And there's the occasional new owl. You heard a new owl. A new species of owl. I don't know who he was because I didn't see him, but the call was different than any I'd heard out there before. So. Uh, having him run off is a thing. Another, oh, there was something else I was... My f- my thought flew away. Do you have okay? Yeah. Well, one of the things I thought was interesting, and this is just a, it has really nothing to do with prepping or survival. It was just interesting. This is the dog. One of these two dogs was the one that Doc and Spice took on their uh, last hiking adventure when this dog was only a few weeks old. Twelve weeks old. Twelve weeks yep. old. And I was curious if the dog remembered Spice. I'm not sure if she remembered me, but she liked me a lot. So good enough. Friendly dog, though. Yeah. She's a standard poodle. Good dog. That does remind me of another issue. If it's a little dog, particularly, you might need a way to carry it. Yeah. And also, another thing to consider is, if you're, what is your dog used to? If your dog's a sedentary dog, and you're going to have to bug out or need to be traveling... You're going to have several issues to think about. That dog may or may not be fit enough to do that. And more importantly, not more importantly, but importantly, the pads of your dog's feet may not be tough enough to deal with really hot, really, or really sharp, or really, um, I mean, the road. Abrasive. the, The road that we have that runs past the place is paved. But it's what's called chip and seal, which is basically just gravel, very refined gravel with oil poured on top of it. Now, chip and seal makes a pretty good road surface, but it's pretty much like walking on sandpaper. And it gets bubbling hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's bubbly, bubbly hot. So a lot of dogs really can't walk on that for hours on end. Could you with your bare feet? I couldn't. No. So, well, so there's something to keep in mind. Now, you can get dog shoes. You train your dog to wear dog shoes. It, people are out there laughing dog shoes. Yeah, it's, you're it's laughing until you try and make you, your dog walk on that hot pavement. You look at the peop- the Iditarod people. You look at the people doing the dog sleds. Dog shoes. Seriously. Those dogs are running with shoes on them. Because they're in that type of terrain. The thing, their feet will freeze out there and that stuff. I don't think it's about freezing. I think it's about getting ice buildup well, I mean, between the toes and stuff like that, and cutting the pads on sharp ice. And... So, yeah. Well, anyway, they wear shoes. Yeah. And they carry extra shoes. If the dog throws a shoe, you know, they can put another shoe on it. So. Uh, making sure the dog has all the shots, because it's going to be exposed to lots of animals. Yes. And something you might consider... Stocking, if you have a place you intend to go to and you plan to bring the dogs, like you do have a nice bug out location set up, 
well, part of it's going to be a problem, but if you live where there are skunks... Ooh, skunks. skunks if your dog skunks. has never met a skunk, your dog will almost certainly run into trouble with a skunk at least once. And if it's not the brightest bulb in the basket, more than once. <laughs> Doc was saying she had a dog that, took, that never learned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be fun. But so she did. She bought industrial strength. Yeah, she did come up with a with a formula to get the skunk out. Yep, it uh, was a Dawn. Dawn dishwashing liquid. Dishwashing any dishwashing liquid would do. Yeah, those but, guys are shelf stable, so and, they can be kept long term. Right, and they they basically they pull the oil off. Yeah, baking soda, which is a base, and that will store about forever as well. Better if it doesn't get too hot, because it can start to break down if it gets too hot. But if it breaks down, it's going to break down into fairly harmless stuff. It just won't be as active. The problem is the hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, hydrogen peroxide. Because hydrogen peroxide devolves into water and oxygen if it starts to break down, and it will break down over time. Yeah, I don't know what the shelf life of it is, but it's not really a uber long it's time. It's not that great. It's worse if it's in the light. It's almost non-existent if it's in the light. And it's worse if it's in the heat. But the Both bright, the bright side is it's quickly. really cheap. So even if you have to pitch some, it's still worth keeping some on. Yeah, top. refreshing like really cheap. some every year is worth doing. That's just an insurance policy. That whole tomato juice thing kind of works, but only kind of. I've tried that one myself, and I can attest that it kind of works. It helps, but... Now, I've never seen a skunk into place. I'm not saying there aren't any. I've just never seen any. I'm sure there are. Because we have plenty of skunks in North Missouri. I have seen some tracks of skunks, but not right up by the cabin. You know, and down in the water courses. Frankly, for the most part, skunks are nocturnal. Yeah. So you yeah, most of the time when you're at the place, if you're not you're not walking around in the wilderness at night, you're by the cabin or in the cabin. You're around the campfire and. Then again, if you have marshmallows to roast at the campfire, <laughs> did you... That would be raccoons. Oh, uh, well, that's true. That would be raccoons. Skunks occasionally steal from campers, but that's mostly at places that see a lot of campers. And the skunks, hey, Camp, eventually yeah. figure out that they can get some cool stuff there. Yeah, skunks, skunks learn in campgrounds. That they're like, oh, these are people. I'm a skunk, you know? I got this. I got this. And they this. will walk around with their tail up, casually masters of all they survey. Fortunately, they don't tend to be very aggressive. Because people know, yeah. that's a skunk. I give it <laughs> I give it plenty of leeway. They're like, hi, I'm here. I'm going to go wherever I want. And as long as you don't get in my way, everything's going to be just fine. And if you do get in my way, everything for me is still going to be just fine. And you're going to have a very bad day. Yeah. So, I will I will ink you. Also, make sure young children know what skunks look like. I almost saw something dramatically bad happen that way Kitty. at a uh, campground. And, yeah, Dad intervened just in time before Toddler tried to give the black and white striped kitty a hug. <laughs> that just would not be good. No. Yeah. So? All right. Uh, get the dogs used to being around new people, new situations. Dogs can be just as set in their ways and uh, anxious and hard to adapt 
as people can. And there's no reason to expect that's going to magically go away in an emergency situation. And you might be faced with an unhappy choice between taking care of the pet that you love or taking care of the rest of the family. It might come down to that. But it's less likely to do that if you have a pet that can deal with the ups and downs of an unusual life. And the best way to do that is to expose them to things. One of the reasons that Big Poodle is so easy to live with is because she took her out early and took her in a lot of new situations early. Yeah, and she took her traipsing across the mountains. And if you are in the desert southwest, she showed me her her backpack. Uh, she spends some time in the desert southwest every year. And her backpack had a standard set of tools designed to remove the various sorts of cactus spines. Yes, because they... And that ha- is hard. Those are hard on pets, and so are rattlesnakes. They also have, uh, oh, those, those, I forget what they're called, those little spur things that destroy bike tires out there you know yeah to, i know yeah. what you're talking about i don't know we always called. just call them caltrops so i don't remember their actual name yeah but they're, they're hard on pets too it's a My type gosh, of plant that this. sheds uh fish hook shaped thorns every year we have got three highway patrol units out here with one car pulled over hmm Okay, anyway, yes, we're driving in our car, by the way, in case you hear the road noise. We try to cut it out as much as we can, but this is our car. It's time to give our disclaimer. We've got to give a disclaimer. We are not pet owners, nor do we play pet owners on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> we actually have been pet owners for... Yeah, we, we have had a variety we have, of we've pets We've had a years, variety yeah. of pets, from gerbils to fish to dog to... Horse. To not our cat. Yep. And although I, I wouldn't call them mine, I certainly had goats, and I wouldn't call them a pet. <laughs> they were more of a nuisance. nuisance. We didn't get goat milk out of the deal, so that's that's good. So goat cheese, we need. We got yeah. goat cheese too. So anyway, anything else to add before we shut this puppy down? Think through how it'll how it'll be. Take your pet out and expose him to these things. Think about your immunization choices and stuff with the uh, medical care in mind. You might talk to your vet about what remedies you might want to have on hand and how to deal with them. And make sure they have their shots. Definitely make sure they have their shots. That's even more important for the pets than it is for the people because parasitic infections are so very commonly passed among pets. And I, I agree with what she was saying earlier. Just realize the choice that you're making when you when you um, choose to have a dog from a uh, perceived aggressive species. Yes, your dog may be the biggest, most lovable powder puppy in the world. Some of them make great dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And they I'm not saying that any breed is a bad dog. I'm not saying that. What what I am saying is you're just going to have to deal with the public perception. And so that's a choice that you're making ahead of time and up front. That I'm going to have this this breed that has a really bad reputation. I'm going to have this but realize it may cost you in the end. That's all I'm saying. You I'm know. also going to maybe collect some hate by admitting 
that a lot of those breeds that were historically bred for aggression, when you put them in circumstances that are new to them and that they feel their family is being threatened, even a good dog can get aggressive. And you don't want to have to deal with a dog fight either. Yeah. Or worse. It's entirely true, but I've got to admit, in in our in our long marriage, we you have been bitten by two family members' dogs. You've been one of them tried to rip your throat out, and this yeah. is not an under exaggeration. And we're talking about one of them is a, a was a cocker spaniel, the one that tried to re- literally rip your throat out, went for your yeah. throat. It, it was shown to have a brain tumor a month later. Yeah, this dog did die shortly thereafter with a brain tumor. We did not know that at the time, so give it a little. And the other was a uh, Yorkie. Yorkie. A Yorkie. And all it did was <laughs> scratched her leg a little. It, it bruised my leg, but he did his very best. Oh, he did. He went He went for her hard. And if I didn't care for my sister-in-law so much, it, the dog would have become a football. Because yes, I have no compunctions against that. If they bite first, that's their problem. Yeah, but. if they bite first, all bets are off. And out of the blue and random. This wasn't a, yeah. this wasn't a growl, growl, growl. It was a, it was a wait till she turns around and go for the back, <laughs> yeah. go for the backside attack, a sneaky little, snively little, Yorkshire Terrier attack. And you just want to look at the thing. And go, really? You apparently don't know how easy you would be to swat across the room. But yes, you are. You are the shape of a football. Did that. And I know what to do with footballs. But no, we didn't. Obviously, but you know, hey, seriously, I have, I have, uh, I have attacked dog. Well, I've, I have defended myself from dogs before yep. when they were attacking me. I've uh, kicked people's dogs because if you're riding your bike down the street and a dog starts to grab onto your foot, there's really not a whole lot else you can do than kick the person's dog. I have. And then they yell at you for kicking their dogs. Like, what do you, what do you think your dog's face was doing there at my foot while I ride my bicycle down the street? I have shot a dog in the face with pepper spray before. And boy, they don't like that. <laughs> That'll get their attention. Uh, and that dog never bothered me again. Probably that was, never bothered any cyclist again. That was one of the ones out there at the the bitey dog place. Yeah. Which reminds me to tell you that the people at the end of the gravel road that yeah. goes by the ballpark yeah. have got a really aggressive dog now. I, they always have had. I've quit going that Yeah, Well, I was driving. It, it's not like it's a big deal anyway. It's not a prime cycling road. It's a gravel road. But I was driving out there um, and driving up through there, and it came out. It went for the car. And it's going to have a very short life if it tries to attack cars. Because it's okay on the gravel road when they're not going that fast, but it intersects the highway, and that dog will die on the highway one of these days. So, yeah, I have no sympathy for people who let their dogs run out on highways and then get mad because their dogs always keep getting hit by cars. That's on you. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. But anyway. If you've got one of these guys and you feel like they're a family member, Treat them like a family member that needs your care and protection in some senses. Because they do. Dogs are territorial, and they will not run off if you train them right. So, anyway. We good? We're good. All right, we'll catch you next time.